Welcome to the Truly Nourish Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women break free from dieting and overeating patterns and transform how they nourish themselves in body, mind, and soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that will help you find more peace and freedom with food, more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful listeners. How are you feeling? I am doing fabulous. I am in my office, bundled up because it's chilly in here. The weather is changing into fall, then winter, and I noticed this time of year it takes a while for my body to adjust to the cooler temperatures, but um, I'm here in my office feeling cozy recording this on a Saturday evening because this next week I'm going to be going to New York, which I'm super excited about, to meet with a mentor of mine and have dinner with her. And to also just spend time in Manhattan, I'll be going to see a pianist I adore at a sold-out show at Carnegie Hall, and I also plan to take in a ballet, and I'm sure many, many other things that will unfold. There's so much to do there. And if you do want to see the behind the scenes of my trip to New York, be sure to follow me on Instagram because I'm sure to be posting in my stories about all that I'm doing. Today, we're talking about stepping into the willingness of welcoming your body's internal cues to instruct you for when, what, and how to eat. And the reason we want to do this are many. The first is, if we eat according to certain diet rules and regulations, we're always left in the position of feeling good when we comply but then feeling bad when we don't. And we know that both of these positions are precarious and unpredictable. So when we eat by diet rules, we will constantly be swinging back and forth from comply or not comply, and therefore always be on the diet highs or the diet lows. And that is not fun at all because it drains our emotional energy, right? And our mental energy. The other problematic thing that food rules and eating regulations do is that they distance us from our natural hunger cues and our body's natural wisdom. So it's true that when we diet or eat according to a specific type of food plan or follow certain food rules prescribed in a various program or a book or According to what an online diet guru says, it's true that yes, we might feel in control when things are going well, but when you stop following the plan, it can feel like things have completely gone upside down very quickly. The other thing is that feeling of control is not real control. We're never ever actually in control if we're following some outside food plan or prescription for eating because it's not your own natural specific way of eating. It's not your body's natural rhythm and desire for food. 
It's a outside prescription that is completely separate from you. Therefore, you're never really having any actual control. And it causes us to become plagued by thoughts about what we should eat or what we should not eat. And it also causes us to deny our physical hunger because we think we're supposed to eat according to perhaps a certain eating schedule or according to the type of system or according to the specific food plan. And when we cannot tolerate that type of restriction anymore, and if we deviate from it, we always feel like we've broken the rules. And with that comes feelings of things like guilt or feeling ashamed or just frustrated with ourselves. And this can sometimes feel then like a loss of control in our eating too, right? And that, of course, leaves us feeling worse than ever. However, when we're truly in charge of our eating, when we're truly in control, that is when we can follow our own internal needs and cues about hunger and satiation or fullness. And as we develop these new skills of connecting to our body as our guide for eating, which is what's going to give us the true control, and when we can also remain compassionate towards ourselves as we learn how to be intuitive eaters, we then discover a deep physical and also psychological satisfaction from our eating and with our relationship with food. When we go on this new path of intuitive eating, the first key is to shift your decisions about eating from those of external forces to your own internal cues. And this process is what we call attuning. So you're attuning to your body for how to eat, for when to eat, for what to eat. And it offers the only true consistent and satisfying approach to nourishing ourselves. And numerous researchers, dietitians, and also certain types of therapists and health advocates all advocate for this natural approach to eating and that which is inborn and innate to all of us. And evidence from anecdotal experiences of people who have have become skilled at being in tune with their bodies, but also specific research studies that have looked at intuitive eating in the research setting, it all reveals that we can absolutely trust our bodies to tell us when, what, and how much to eat. And as we improve our skill at being able to honor and follow that guidance of our body, it gives us an amazing relationship with food that feels easy, that feels effortless, that feels truly nourishing. And I can raise my hand and say this is true because I am someone who went from binge eating and exercise bulimia for years and years to now living in this truly free, easy, effortless, nourishing place with food. So right here, I'm your number one testimonial, but there's so many more and more people that have experienced this. Also, once again, according to both that evidence that is personal experience, but also research evidence from intuitive eating studies, this way of eating creates a ripple effect of positive outcome in a person's whole life. Because we all know 
that a distraught relationship with food impacts us. We all know how that impacts us, not only in terms of our eating, but also in terms of how we show up in other areas of our life, and especially in how we relate to ourselves. And in a past episode, I think it was number 36, I talk about the power of becoming an embodied intuitive eater, meaning going from knowing maybe the principles of intuitive eating to actually really living it and being it in your daily life. And in that episode, I mentioned these ripple effects and the positive impact intuitive eating will have in a person's whole life beyond just the relationship with food. And we can trust this process because, once again, not only is there a lot of personal evidence out there from people just like myself who have used intuitive eating to completely heal from disordered relationships with food, but there's also the research around intuitive eating that demonstrates it. And I'm sure on future episodes, I'm going to talk more and more about this research because as time has been going on, there's more and more data coming out in in the research world on intuitive eating. Uh, But there's a study from quite a long time ago, actually, that looked at children who were offered a wide variety of food to eat at their own choice, to eat intuitively. And they were very easily able to regulate their nutritional and also their caloric intake without any sort of parental control. So this is basically showing and proving that it is an innate ability within us. And we can do this naturally, regulate ourselves in these ways. It's just that most of us have to relearn how to do it. We have to get back to that place because diet culture has disconnected us from it. And also other things can too. And I'm going to talk more about that in a moment. But diet culture is a huge obstacle and the diet mentality and the diet programming, a huge obstacle in our intuitive eating ability. And that, you know, is a main reason why we've lost it. We also know that the human body will make natural adjustments regarding its nutritional needs by altering the absorptions of things like vitamins and minerals. And all of this information just points to the wisdom of the body as our best guide for eating. Sometimes we can maybe experience certain types of cravings or desires or uh, urges for a type of food depending on what the body might need nutritionally at that moment. At that moment, excuse me. And when we can honor our body and what it's asking of us, we can also then optimally give ourselves the nutrition that it needs, which helps us feel our best. So our body always guides us in the best way for us. And when it comes to nutrition, we all have very unique needs. There's some blanket recommendations and nutritional guidelines that we have out there, but every person is very unique and there's a lot that plays into our nutritional needs as a person. Our psychology and brain chemistry will play into it, our various types of physical activity that we might participate in or not participate in, our stress levels, our genetics, and our environments can all impact our unique nutritional needs. So using our body as our guide 
And as our wise leader for what nourishment to put inside of our body, that is a very powerful thing to keep us optimally nourished. And now I want to just explain some steps that are involved, the very, very basic steps that are involved when we are in this attuning eater stage. I always say that the first phase of becoming a truly nourished woman who has healed her relationship with food is this attuning stage. And I went into detail about all the stages in episode 27. So if you want to refer to that episode, you can. But the first step in this initial attuning stage is really learning to recognize when you're physically hungry. And this very simply requires us to tune into our stomach and notice how it feels. But also, there can be other signals of physical hunger, such as a lack of focus, maybe lightheadedness, sometimes just a feeling of lethargy or tiredness, or there's that word hangry, you know, you get kind of crabby when you're hungry. Or it can be just um, that empty or growling stomach, but you know, the emptier growling stomach is not the only signal that a body may give. So that's the first step. The next step is identifying what your body craves in response to your physical hunger. So first you feel the physical hunger and then it's attuning to, okay, what is the body asking for as far as nourishment right now? So it's matching your hunger with the right food that's going to satisfy you the most and that will feel most nourishing to your body and most energizing to your body and ultimately then create not only this deep feeling of satisfaction for your taste buds, but also for your body and physical well-being as well. So always having a variety of foods available is great so that you can provide yourself you know, what your body might be asking for, that is good. Uh, Sometimes we have restrictions during travel and, and times in our life where we can't have all the food we want available to us, right? But the majority of time we are in this place where we're blessed with an assortment of food choices and allowing ourselves that variety of choice to be able to give our body what it's seeking and asking for, that is going to be a very, very satisfying thing for not only you as a person, but also for your body. Another important thing that is a step in the attuning process is withholding all judgments about what you think you're supposed to eat. And this can actually be the most challenging for people when we've lived in a dieting culture and a food rule culture, or when we've dieted a lot in in our history of our life, but whether we've actively dieted or not, we all receive diet programming in some way just by living in the culture. So we all can have a lot of judgments about what we think we're supposed to eat. So this process of attuning to the body and becoming then an intuitive eater does require you to withhold judgments about what you think you're supposed to eat or not supposed to eat. And I shared in episode 30 what I ate on vacation to demonstrate what this can look like in real life and what it looked like in my life on that particular trip. 
And I could have had a lot of judgments about what I ate or what I should eat, but instead I chose to just be in the flow with my body and with what it was asking for. And that felt very satisfying and I enjoyed the food and it felt right to my body and great to my taste buds as well. And I did that without any judgment. That's why I was able to do it. And by doing so felt great my whole vacation physically. And then when I came home, I naturally went back into more of my routine rhythm of what I typically like to eat and what my body also likes to have. But if I had had a lot of food judgments during that vacation, I would not have had so much fun. I would not have had the energy I did, and I would not have felt as satisfied with the eating experiences and with the food that was available to me. And I probably actually would have even overeaten because I would have been, um, I would have thought, well, you know, I should probably eat this way and not actually eat what I'm craving. But then that thing would not have been as satisfying. And then I probably would have sought more of something else trying to chase a feeling of satisfaction. And that is so familiar to me because I did that so much during my binge eating days. But, um, you know, that is why it's so important for us to let go of judgment because so often when we're judging our eating, it is setting us up to then overeat or even binge on food. So you can go back and listen to that episode again. I believe it was episode 30 and hear about the different principles of intuitive eating that I was practicing at that time. But coming back to the point, we have to withhold judgments about what we're supposed to eat if we want to become embodied intuitive eaters and truly allow our body to guide us in the eating process. And finally now, the third step in attuning in that stage is paying attention to our fullness levels in order to know how much to eat or to know when to stop eating. So we're tuning into the body's physical cues of fullness and satisfaction. And if you begin with a signal of moderate hunger, you can then more easily also identify a feeling of satisfaction when you have eaten enough. Whereas if we get too hungry or maybe not hungry enough, it is much more difficult to feel that sense of moderate fullness. And this can be one of the reasons also why we will easily overeat. And it definitely was for me, especially the ravenous hunger. That was a huge reason why I became a binge eater because I just was never eating enough. So the whole process, of course, of becoming an intuitive eater, it takes time. It takes time to become skilled at, but we can all learn, or should I say relearn, how to eat this way, and we can all learn how to listen to ourselves and how to listen to our bodies. It's available to all of us, and when we do, we truly reap the big rewards that come from being in charge of our own eating. Now, I also want to mention some of what we what are the disruptors or what we call the disruptors of intuitive eating that block our ability to 
attuned to our body, to attune to our true physical hunger and satisfaction and to attune to what maybe our body is asking of us. And, you know, once again, all of these disruptors are what block us from being intuitive eaters and they are what took us away from our intuitive eating ability that we were born with. And also they are what will keep us struggling in our relationship with food. So I just first, before I talk about the disruptors, these obstacles, I want to mention that intuitive eating really is a personal process of honoring your health by listening and responding to your body's direct messages, which it's always giving you. And the principles of intuitive eating work by either enhancing your awareness of your body's cues or by removing the obstacles that are currently in the way of you being able to perceive and also respond to your body's physical cues and sensations. So when you practice intuitive eating, it's either going to help you enhance your awareness of your body or it's going to really help you remove the obstacles that are not allowing you to perceive and respond to what your body is telling you. Or it's often a little bit of both of the enhancing but also the removing of the obstacles. So the obstacles to being an intuitive eater are usually 99.9% of the time coming from the mind. Now sometimes... A person is just very disconnected with their body and there are practices to help you reconnect to your body and those are things that I do with my clients and in my program, The Peace Process, that'll be one of the foundational things. But a vast majority of the time, the mind is the biggest obstacle. The rules, the beliefs, and the thoughts about food. All those different forms of food rules, beliefs, and thoughts. And the most prominent obstacle is what we call the diet mentality. And the diet mentality is a set of beliefs that a person has, and it can look unique to each person, but it consists of their rules about food, their beliefs about food, and their thoughts about food. Often, these are just things that you've absorbed from diet culture and from past dieting experiences and what diet people have said and what diet programs have said, and then you've adopted them as your own. Sometimes they might have come from parents or friends that were deep in diet culture. It can come just from everywhere, but it's a dieting mentality of food rules and certain sets of beliefs that become obstacles to then perceiving and responding to your body's natural wisdom and signals and cues of how to eat, when to eat, and what to eat. There's also this other obstacle of food policing. This can be self-imposed food policing, such as negative self-talk, self-shaming about how you eat or what you think you should eat, self-judgment uh, and self-judging about your eating or what you think you should eat, or it can be an external sort of food policing, perhaps coming from a family member or a friend or an internet source that you follow or a diet program that you might still have some feet, you're, you're, you know, one foot in telling you what you should or should not eat. So this external food policing that comes from people and things in our environment 
also impacts our inner thoughts and feelings. And this then creates the obstacle to perceiving and responding to our body's sensations and cues for what, when, and how to eat. So just a very basic example, your own food policing could look like perceiving your physical hunger, but not allowing yourself to eat then due to some sort of self-judgment in your mind. Maybe you might feel you have to compensate for something you ate yesterday or a few hours ago, or maybe you just think, well, it's not mealtime yet. I cannot be hungry, even though your body's telling you so. Your brain's coming in and your mind and being like, no, it's not mealtime yet. And maybe it's even then also judging if you ate now, you would be bad. So these are, once again, basic examples of inner food policing that create an obstacle preventing you from then responding to your body's wisdom and being an intuitive eater. You know, it also could just be perhaps a spouse who's simply is maybe looking out for your best interest, but they, because of their own um, influence by diet culture, you know, is having a judgment. Should you be eating that or shouldn't you be eating something else? It can come once again from the external too. So our relationship with food um, can have, you know, all these impacts, internal and external. Another obstacle to being an intuitive eater can be our own emotions, right? So we can eat and use food to cope with our emotions, which is meaning we're not eating intuitively. Or sometimes we can confuse emotions and feelings with a hunger and a need for food but it's not truly food that we're needing, right? So emotions will also hinder our ability to eat intuitively and eat in response to our body's needs. So what I call emotional empowerment, or we can call it emotional intelligence, being able to understand, feel, and process our feelings without food and having the awareness to know what's emotional hunger and what's physical hunger, that's another big point up aspect of becoming an intuitive eater and my program emotionally empowered is going to dive deep into that aspect and that's a coming program also our relationship with our body can be an obstacle to intuitive eating and I'm also going to be developing a program around this or it might just be a bonus to one of my other programs I haven't quite decided but I'm going to be creating a body joy program that is going to be all about our relationship with our body and improving that because once again that is a huge obstacle to intuitive eating body judgments and body worries, and body fears, and weight fears, those sorts of things that all relate to our body, and just our judgments about our body or appearance, these will all obstruct our ability to perceive and respond to our body's sensations for food, and our body's wisdom. Another obstacle is a nutrition dictator living inside of us, or it could be an external nutrition dictator too. So in intuitive eating, one of the principles is practicing gentle nutrition. So we advocate for practicing a kind sort of nutrition, not a perfectionistic or a militant type of nutrition, because having specific rules, beliefs, and thoughts around getting certain nutrients can also, you know, relate to 
diet mentality. It's its own thing, but it's a similar sort of thing where it's an obstacle to perceiving and responding to what your body is truly asking for. So for example, a person might have a lot of beliefs or rules about eating or not eating carbohydrates or eating or not eating fats or eating or not eating certain amounts of protein or even just a rule around getting a certain amount of vitamin C or eating foods that have vitamin C. Any part of nutrition, there could be uh, having vigilant rules, perfectionistic tendencies and beliefs around. And that will cause us to disconnect again from being able to perceive and respond to what uh, our body is actually needing in the moment-to-moment, day-to-day life. So intuitive eating is so powerful because it helps you, number one, enhance your awareness of what your body is telling you and how your body is talking to you and speaking to you and signaling to you. And intuitive eating also helps you remove the obstacles that might just be blocking that perception and your ability to respond. So often it's the mind's obstacles. And once those obstacles are removed and once we nourish the mind, you know, I talk about mind nourishment and nourishing the mind with the right nourishment instead of the self-judgments, instead of the judgments um, or the, yeah, and the negative self-talk, you know, nourishing the mind with the new ways of thinking about food, about yourself, about your body, about your eating, all those sorts of things, then we're naturally going to progress into being intuitive eaters because that ability is innate. It's natural born. It's always inside of us. So when we remove the obstacles by rejecting the diet mentality by making peace with food and giving ourselves that unconditional permission to eat what we love by challenging those inner and outer food police by learning how to become emotionally empowered with our feelings to be able to feel our feelings and to cope with our emotions with kindness and when we can feel this also respect for our bodies and maybe even appreciate our bodies instead of constantly judging our bodies and having um, all this negative body image stuff. And when we can practice gentle nutrition versus militant nutrition or perfectionistic tendencies around nutrition, when all of these things can be removed, then the obstacles to being an intuitive eater are removed and you can then truly attune to your body and become a skilled intuitive eater, which allows you to step into being a truly nourished woman in every area of your life. And removing all of these obstacles is what we will be doing in my program called The Peace Process. So if you want to come and learn from me how to remove your own obstacles that are maybe keeping you from having the relationship with food that you truly want, the peace process would be the perfect place for you. An enrollment is open at a pre-sale price right now, meaning now is the lowest price it's going to be. And as we get closer to January, the price will go up. So if you're someone who is ready to take action now, you can save some money. You can message me on socials or email me and I'll give you all the details. 
Uh, you can also check my website, but I might not have all the details up yet. It just depends on when I get around to doing that. So you can always just message me if you're one of those people who's like, yes, I want to do this and I want to get the best price possible. If you want to come and play in my world, just let me know. But to sum up this episode, eating what you're truly hungry for when you're hungry will give you the greatest satisfaction in terms of both your taste buds, but also your physical comfort. And this offers a powerful incentive to want to eat in that intuitive body attuned way, which also, of course, naturally helps and all those chronic overeating behaviors that we can be plagued with as well. And ultimately, this is a practice of developing self-trust and body trust. And I think having self-trust is so important for living a truly nourished life and being a truly nourished woman. There's a quote by Johan Vanguta that goes, as soon as you trust yourself, you will know how to live. And I literally get goosebumps when I read that quote. And I love it because I 100% agree because I've lived that. I've lived the journey of self-trust. Having been on uh, my own path of developing self-trust around my eating and exercise because those were two of the huge areas where I had to develop self-trust and body trust when I was healing my eating disorder. But Self-trust plays into every single area of our lives. It plays into our relationships with others. Um, Being able to know your truth in every moment in a relationship. Being able to feel comfortable speaking that truth uh, with other people. That takes a high level of self-trust, a self-knowing and a self-trust. And to be able to consciously choose to even leave situations and relationships that we know are not what we want or that we know are not ultimately serving us, that is self-trust. Or just being able to set up gentle boundaries with people in our lives. You know, maybe we don't want to get rid of people or leave relationships, but we want to set up a certain parameter, uh, like a buffer around ourselves and have to set up certain boundaries. That is all self-trust. Another area that I'm specifically in right now and have been in for a while in terms of developing more and more self-trust is running a business and in being an entrepreneur where I make all the decisions. It's the biggest development of self-trust that I've had so far, and it's been very rewarding to work on that deeper, 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 and deeper level of self-trust. And so it plays into every area of our life, even if you're not an entrepreneur, you know, self-trust at the workplace to be able to go and speak to a a coworker or a boss, or if you are the boss, the self-trust to be able to lead your people, you know, in the best way. Self-trust plays into every area of our life. So that is why I love, love that becoming an intuitive eater is all a practice in building more and more self-trust because that self-trust that you develop in that path and journey in becoming an intuitive eater is going to empower you in every other area of your life. And that leads to a better and better life and a truly nourished life life. So thank you so much for being here. And until next time, sending you so much love. Bye-bye.
Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and written review for the show. And if you can please share this podcast so that I can help more women, that would mean the world to me. Feel free to tag me on Instagram so that I can say thank you. Let's all rise and change the world by living as truly nourished women together. If you want to work with me, head to my site, RebeccaLaurelHill.com, or send me a direct message on socials and I'll be in touch. See you on the next episode. Much love to you.